everybody so this is another installment of our central american diaspora series and i'm really excited for this week's guest they are kind of a part of the diaspora because they're not in their respective home country but they're there like all the time still but i don't know (laughs) and this is also our first like international episode too i didn't even think about that Ooh, so we're like transnational like international jet setters like i'm really excited <laughs> so guests can you introduce yourself you know say what say your name where you're from where you are now and just what you do hi what's up everybody um my name is jeeves i am from belize uh i go to school in jamaica i study film production i'm a film student currently in jamaica but yeah i'm belizean born and raised lived um, almost all my entire life, and I'm very, very happy to be here with, you know, joining the Puchika Vos family. Did I say that correctly? Yes, oh, yes, wonderful, you did. Wonderful. Well, well, the way that, like, Puchika is supposed to be said technically, like a fuck, like a, oh, oh shit, uh, like a Puchika Vos. Like. All right, let me try it again. I'll try it again. Let's try it again. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Puchika Vos. <laughs> uh, yeah. there you go. Yes, definitely. Oh yeah, but can you say a little more about yourself? I hope the Spanish-speaking audience is uh, forgiving of my terrible Spanish accent. But more about myself. Yeah, so I'm a film student. I decided to study film because, you know, growing up in Belize, there's a lot of influences coming from the United Kingdom, who was our colonizers, and the United States, who is... um, almost like our media colonizers so we get influences through television and radio and music and all this from um from these you know these big powerhouse countries and we don't get a lot of our own content and we don't get to see ourselves doing some of the things that we want to see ourselves doing or we should be seeing so i felt like film was the best way to kind of tell stories and like share things like I've always wanted a way where I could say, oh, you know, I like what this person is doing. How can I tell this to everybody? And I, you know, film is probably the best way to do that. So that's why I came to study film and I've been doing video projects over the years. Last year, I started uh, Homegrown Belize, which is a web series, an interview web series um, that covers food all around Belize and also interviews. I interview artists from the different areas where specific foods come from. So, you know, we might go to San Pedro and I'll interview Michelle Nunes, who was, you know, Miss San Pedro and Miss Costa Maya. And we have ceviche, which is, you know, a popular dish in San Pedro. So, you know, that's what the show is about and um, and local businesses. So that's one of the, my most recent projects. But, you know, we're always working and we're always trying to put out content for for the region and for the people, for the culture. Ooh, that's so great. And I'm glad that you're kind of taking representation in your own hands. And I feel like that's a big reason why Sam and I decided to do this because we didn't really, first of all, Sam and I did this out of like our own labor of love to understand ourselves more fully and like our Mm -hmm. culture and our people, but also because we didn't really see anyone kind of, I mean, I don't want to say that we haven't seen anyone put out their own media that's Central American, but it's more like 
at least me, I follow a lot of like Latinx podcasts and there is very few Central American hosts and then even less so Central American center shows. Like I've only recently seen two or three pop like prop up. So it's it's something that's like constantly moving and like growing exponentially. And it makes me really happy to see that other people are kind of also seeing like what at least I don't know if we're the inspiration. I don't want to say that we are, but at least seeing what other people are doing and seeing how like, wow, like they can do that. I can do that, too. And podcasting, at least personally, it's good, accessible type of media that you don't need a lot of massive amount of money to kind of get uh, that's true starting yeah. in. that's a big reason why sam and i started it. just for ourselves obviously but also to kind of take it into our own hands and i'm really happy that you're doing that as well for your people and for your home and your home country and to show like i i think you really do show a lot of the beauty of Belize, like in every video, I'm like, wow, <laughs> Belize is amazing. <laughs> Not that I didn't think it was before, but it, it's when you see it, like actually physically, right. visually, you you really do understand it. So I'm just, I'm really happy. And I'm also really happy with the song that you sent me this week to introduce to our audience. Uh, can you say a little bit more yeah, about so it? Yeah, so the song is by T.R. Shine. He's from Belize City. He is... Um, yeah, a long time singer. Well, f- fairly recently, I guess, not legendary, like, you know, but over the past years, he's grown in terms of popularity. And this song is called Hard Year, where he talks about, you know, he's giving recognition to the hardworking Belizean people. He shouts out people who are uh, some of the stevedores who work on the, the ships. He, wor- he shouts out, you know, the vent- food vendors who push carts, you know, selling food all day. And it's really just an ode to, you know, hardworking Belizeans. And I wanted that to be what the sound of what we begin this podcast with. Okay, so I'm going to play Hard Year by T.R. Shine. <laughs> What I really love about this song was, or at least your choice of the song is a lot of people want to send like their banger. They want to send what just something that is really giving them life, making them, you know, move like music makes you move. So to me that you set a song with, I feel like very, uh, how do I, I guess I, in my opinion, like a very emotional song, like like similar to what you're saying, like dedicating things to your people and a song that really just is like fully Belizean in all of these ways and honoring like the people that make Belize great, like the food vendors, the the people that are just like working hard every single day. And I'm happy that you sent I, just such a motivational, positive song. Like that was that was just like, a, oh wow, like 
yes, the Belizean people are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like what I would like to think is, you know, a big part of Belize culture and Caribbean culture, which is, you know, you have to put certain things in your mind every day when you wake up in a, you know, out your bed because the next day isn't guaranteed for anybody. So, you know, you wake up and you give thanks for everything that you have, every opportunity you have, you know, in, in Belize and in the region, we live in paradise. You know, you wake up, there's good weather, the breeze is blowing, the sun is shining. We have, you know, like fresh food all around with, you know, uh, for example, I have a mango tree in my yard, like in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so lucky. So, <laughs> you know, these like these are blessings that we have. And, um, you know, I feel like it's just really part of our culture to, how would you say, describe it in English. In Creole, you'd say that, you know, you hold a meds which is like give like give thanks and like be grateful right you give thanks you reflect and you say you know what you know, things things isn't things aren't so bad um but you know every day we get up and try and we make work with what we have to do so that's that's the that's the message i wanted to send you know out of all the options i had and you know all the artists i know personally and say you know what, i should probably use my friend's song i should use this other person's song i should use no but um but i came to this this song because you know this was was a message i felt was important and was reflective of of my culture mm-hmm. yeah no and it was a, a really great choice and especially in latin america at least Central America, like we don't, everything we hear is like, is in Spanish. Yeah. Like we don't, I mean, like, I don't know. We always forget about Belize because I we just kind of have it in our own head that the culture is too different. The culture is just like not the same because we weren't colonized by the same people, which is kind of like a very, in my opinion, kind of like archaic way of thinking because it's like, oh, you know, they didn't enslave you and they didn't, you know, in the, in the same way that they enslaved us. So like, we're not, I don't know, we're not the same, even though we're only like 30 miles away from each other, yeah. to, which to me is kind of just ridiculous, especially because of just like how small Central America is. And just people understand that culture moves and culture is so different in one area to the next, but also we're all just like a mixture of everything. And like, we know that and we talk about that in our history, but then Uh for some reason, some groups didn't mix with us, but in reality they did, but we just don't want to acknowledge that. And that's like, I think a big frustration in my opinion with Central America and like how they choose to acknowledge some things and then they don't choose to acknowledge other things. And so I I was actually going to say the, the odd thing about, my perspective and a lot of Belizeans as well is especially coming from Belize city which is predominantly a ethnically a creole area um so you find a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of black people there and um we sometimes forget how central american we are even though we're located there you know geographically we don't forget that but the culture that we have is we consider it, in our minds is very much caribbean you know, mm-hmm. the way we speak is very Caribbean. The way we, you know, the food that we eat as far as, you know, what we pay attention to is very Caribbean. So sometimes we forget that. And I didn't realize how Central American I was until I came to Jamaica. And I realized there were certain things that I missed from my diet. It's like, so, so you mean to tell me you guys don't eat anything with corn here? Like nothing at all? Oh, they don't? No, wow. they don't. So, so things like that, <laughs> you know, it, it just reminded me how Central American we are. And, um, you know, that's, again, just another thing that makes us unique that we have this, this is like a bridge between two regions, 
you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think coming here, oddly enough, made me appreciate how much um, Central American I am and made me appreciate the region even more. Yeah, and that's something that I was thinking a lot while researching like you, but also I did like a pretty big research in just Belize itself because, I mean, I personally have learned zero history in general of Central America, not just like Belize, like in like Central America is like forgotten because we're just like this little strip that connects North America and South America. So like I've been trying very hard to understand my own father's culture and country, which is El Salvador, and then kind of expand outwards because obviously we have very similar histories, but it's not always the same. So with Belize, I was like, wow, like Belize has like, the has like Mexican and then they also have like Maya indigenous, but then they also have like Caribbean Creole. And then they also just have like Central Americanness as well. And I was just like, wow, Belize is like everything. Like, why don't, why don't, why don't we just like go to Belize all the time? We really should. And I I just, (laughs) I know. So I, I was just kind of like so interested in just like, I don't know why we forget it and it makes it kind of frustrates me because I think it genuinely shows like the racism because uh, just like Belize and Panama are two countries that are just always like cut off cut out of the Central American kind of perspective mm-hmm. and I th- and I think it's because of the historical context because Panama was originally under like Colombia but then they like became their own country and then Belize I mean Belize is still fighting Guatemala to, like to this day like to this yeah, week to the, yeah to, to this day, <laughs> yeah literally, you're literally Brazil now literally to this day yeah <laughs> to this day didn't the leader what was it who the president I don't even know said that we're gonna take back Brazil instead of Belize and that's something that I saw in the in the, like this the Guatemalan sphere that even the own like president, prime minister, whoever, like doesn't even know what they're talking about. And the fact that Guatemalans, like I've heard Guatemalan, Guatemalan people say, like here in the US, that like, yeah, Belize yeah. is ours, which is really kind of why are we still fighting who owns who, who, you know? Like it doesn't matter. Like Guatemalans can go into Belize and Belize, Belizeans can come into Guatemala. So what does it mean to like have this like line? drawn in the sand right so that's that's um this is a big topic for a whole entire other podcast i would say um (laughs) yeah wow (laughs) yeah there's there's so much to this to this dispute this territorial dispute um politically socially and um for me emotionally and for a lot of Belizeans emotionally you know this has been something that has been going on for you know it, it it began in a couple hundred years ago but even after we became independent in 1981 which was almost just yesterday when you consider you know other yeah. established country well I shouldn't say established but other sovereign states you know 1981 is, is very recent but um you know even after we became independent we the presumption I, I suppose amongst us was that we're independent, we have established borders, um, so we can, you know, move on with going about what independent countries do. (laughs) But um, Guatemala is still there, insisting on certain certain things. Um, So, but 
actually, before I forget, I wanted to touch back on a point you made about um, Belize and Panama being forgotten, which is interesting to me because I, yeah. I never realized that Panama was forgotten by the other Central American countries. But um, it's interesting also because traveling through Central America, for me, I find that Panama, Panama City specifically is like somewhere where I feel almost right at home. It's, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm walking down the street, I'm hearing reggae and I hear some bits and bits of Creole words slammed into some Spanish phrases. And, you know, the, the, the graffiti on the buses that run through downtown is like, it just feel like Belize for me. And so, yeah, that was very interesting that you mentioned that about Panama. And also growing up, I think we might have had, at least in Belize City, we might have had more music from Panama than any other country. Might. Yeah. Because just because of the, the reggae and Espanol that they did. And, you know, I remember, <laughs> wow, this is... This is, this is was weird. it Casey? No, I was going to say, I remember I was working, I was working in the state for a while and um, I was working at a retail store and like we, after closing time, we would have, we'd take turns bringing mixed CDs in to listen to, you know, after the gates locked. And I brought a mixed CD once and it had um, an, El, an, an El General song. <laughs> wow. And um, <laughs> El General. Yeah, for, for me, this was just like a, this was just a song I knew growing up in Belize. So I know it wasn't Belizean, but it just felt like a part of Belize culture. So when someone, this, this, this American guy from, um, his, his, his family is Colombian, mm -hmm. but he came up to you like, he was like, yo, pana, I didn't know you listened to El General. I was like, brother, like, you know El General? Like, he's like, yeah. I was like, wow. So, you know, that was one of the things that kind of raised my awareness to, to the region and how important you know each country in the in central america has been in terms of my upbringing and you know the contributions panama specifically has had to to make me who i am you know today yeah yeah and like a lot of what central america is is caribbean creole and like garifuna culture so and at least that's like what we think is super Central American, like Punta is like Garifuna, like that is where right. it's from. But I never even knew for years. For I mean, I was dancing Punta at like 12 years old at parties. And really? like, I just learned about it through Central American Twitter that it's like Garifuna. Like I, I mean, I never like looked into it personally. Like I just, I listened to the music at parties mm -hmm. and, and I got down and that's it. But now like really seeing like people being like no like this is black african diasporic like a different literal like ethnic group that has like given this to us and like we've co-opted it into like our own culture and now we're saying that it's ours at least like mestizos like uh from like honduras el salvador and like guatemala and all those other countries in central america so i'm just like wow like we really don't know <laughs> we just really don't know anything which is kind of just sad because we're not taught it in schools at least in the united states obviously like why are they going to teach me about honduras or Garifuna right. people, but even like my own father never taught me this, you know? So, and I'm sure he doesn't even know himself. And wow. and that just kind of shows like the divisions. And I think it's also kind of just representative of just the fact that a lot of Central America is still very turbulent, I guess. That's the easiest way I can say it. That a lot of Central America has never had the chance to even fully become its full potential because of po like, you know, war and politics. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I, I just think it's, it's a shame that we're not able to freely express it and we kind of need to dig to know this history yeah. when it should just be easily accessible and we should all just know. Yeah, I, I think um, there's, I guess, two ways of looking at, from my perspective at, at, at least, um, in Belize, I feel when it comes to Garifuna music and Garifuna culture, I feel it's recognized, probably not to the, it's not respected the way I'm sure the, the, the community would like, the Garifuna community would like, but there's no one, absolutely no one saying, um, who is not Garifuna claiming Garifuna music, for example. So like, I didn't mm-hmm. even realize that was an issue in Honduras or maybe El Salvador, Guatemala. So, you know, that was something I learned about recently. So yeah, in, in Belize, no one's claiming that, but I think it's also very cool that everyone can appreciate it at the same time. Um, I think that's one of the wickedest things, sorry, the coolest. <laughs> you can, um, no, no, you can say your slang. I remember in a message you sent like, I reckon, and then I was like, that's so cool, I never say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but say whatever you need to say, how you ever want to say it. All right, cool, cool. Um, yeah, but I was, I was saying, um, you know, it's important that each ethnic group gets their respect and their acknowledgement of, for their contributions to what makes up the overall culture of a country. But it's no buts. That's that's point. Yeah, one. Mm-hmm. And then. Also, it's also important that once their contribution becomes part of the makeup of a country, it's important that there isn't any prejudice towards that contribution. So, for example, it would break my heart to hear a mestizo Belizean saying they won't dance Garifuna because that's those other people, that that other group's Mm -hmm. music. No, like Garifuna Garifuna music is for everyone in Belize. It's for everyone to enjoy. But again, you know, it's important, of course, that they're acknowledged for their contributions. And, you know, that goes for everyone. That goes for every ethnic group. That goes for, you know, for the food that we eat. I mean, like like I mentioned earlier, corn is a big staple in my diet. And I didn't realize how much <laughs> how much the, um, the mestizas in Belize contributed to that. I just felt like that was just a Belizean thing. You know, you, you, you eat tacos before going to work. And that was just a Belizean thing for me. But, you know, I, I think it's just... There's, there needs to be appreciation and acknowledgement for each contribution made by each ethnic group that make up of a country. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. There's there's just so many examples. And I think your web series is like the biggest example of like how Belize really does acknowledge the fact that it is like a melting pot, like a, in my opinion, like a real melting pot of cultures. Where it's like you're eating like this, this kind of um, barbecue chicken, but it's also mm-hmm. like frijoles and like uh, tacos (laughs) and tortillas and yo the reason i did i made sure that was one of the first episodes i did i don't i don't remember the exact day but i remember there was a point where it occurred to me that i said yo belize is really the only place that you could probably find barbecue that comes with tortilla like you don't have to ask for tortilla it's not like you could say hey by chance do you have no it's like Anyone in any Belizean who gets a barbecue without tortilla, it's a problem. It's like, yo, why you not give me my tortilla? <laughs> really? See, and and that's so like Latino. That is just so like we want tortillas with everything. Like this is how we eat. 
Yeah, like 100%. And the fact that like Belizeans are just like, yeah, I need my tortillas. And it, I mean, when I run out of tortillas in my fridge, it's like, I got to go to the store right now, <laughs> you know? So, and, and it's so cool. Like you you have other episodes featuring um, uh, seafood, which is something that, in my opinion, I feel like I was never really exposed to in terms of uh, Salvadoran food because my father is the one that's Salvadoran and he's like, he can't cook or anything. And I didn't grow up with a lot of, uh, I didn't grow up with someone in my household that is constantly like making like salvadoran food or central american food like i would have to go to restaurants to eat it like the how how central american Mm -hmm. seafood is and i was like oh this is so cool like you have the what was it the lion the lionfish i don't even yeah and like i know that in honduras they have like sopa de caracol Uh, this is like a soup of the snail that's what it translates. And I, I was like so amazed. I'm like, I love food. Sam can tell you. And we're going to have a food episode very, very oh, soon, actually. I'm super, super into food and like the representation and the kind of the idea of like a wholesome meal and a wholesome atmosphere that feels comforting. I just I really like yeah. comfort food. That whole show embodies to me the concept of comfort food, but also the intersections of, you know, like Carib and mestizo maya and everything i don't even know what else but yeah so um i wanted to so let me preface this with the some of the goals that the show wanted to knock down so one we wanted to feature belizean food of course because of the diversity because of the uniqueness as well two i wanted to highlight artists in belize so every region that i went to where a food either came from or was popularized by an interview the artist from that region, whether it be a musical artist, a visual artist, you know, a chef. So because they're artists as well. Um, so that was the second thing I wanted to do. The third thing was to highlight Belizean businesses that produce the food, you know, that we take in every day because that's important for me, especially with a with a country that's dependent on tourism. Uh, so one of the most successful Belizean restaurants in the entire country is actually Elvis, which you see in the fourth episode of Homegrown Belize. Um, it's legendary. It's, it's been there for decades and decades. Um, you know, people in my parents' generation remember going to Elvis when they went to San Pedro, you know, um, which is an island off the coast of Belize. So, so we went to San Pedro and the fourth episode we did was at Elvis and we interviewed Chef Jenny. San Pedro being an island is very dependent on seafood. So being that we were going to cover seafood in this episode, I wanted to make sure that we get Oceana involved, which is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to the preservation of marine life and, um, and our reefs. Belize has the second largest barrier reef in the world. So... You know, we have an entire organization dedicated to the preservation of that because it's that important to us. So, you know, in that episode, like you mentioned, you see the lionfish, which is an invasive species of fish that's been eating out a lot of the other, a lot of the other fish and a lot of the other marine life that we have in our waters. You see, what else did we have? You had like the the claws, the claws. Yeah, Yeah, we had crab. We had um. It's called uh, it rock crab, is it? Mark. No, it wasn't rock crab. What we did have 
with the with the lionfish you saw it it was it was done in a belizean stew but also there was a version in a tamales is like something you would only find you would only find you know in a in terms of a caribbean aesthetic it would be only in a belizean you'd find where there is creole being spoken about the marine life and you're interviewing people in creole and then boom all of a sudden there's this you know you see a tamales on the on the table and you mm-hmm. know, I just, I just feel, I just feel like that all these aspects and factors coming together is just, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic representation of Belize. So that was, um, that was the goal of the show of season one, and um, yeah, I'm working on season two when I go home this summer, uh, along with other things. And you know it's a task. I'm sure you know when you know you're a producer of content, so it's it's a task, but. We do it for for the culture, so <laughs> for the culture, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah. It's a labor of love for sure. Someone told me once, if don't complain about something if you don't plan on changing it yourself. So that that stuck with me for a while, and you know, I I used to always complain about you know not seeing why 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 don't we see why don't the TV stations go cover this story? Why don't the radio stations go cover this story? Why don't they do so instead of just complaining about it? I decided to go and cover these stories myself. <laughs> Yeah, and like that's the way it should be, you know. If people aren't going to do it themselves and there's no money being put into that, then it, yeah, you should do it yourself and I'm I'm really happy that to me I feel like it's like a wave like this new generation of people. The way that my best friend always talks about it is like the generational cycles how there there always feels like there's a movement every few, every like 10 to 15 years because there is like there's a new generation rising and there's always just this like boom of new ideas boom of new people so this to me I feel like there is like a massive like Central American and I think also like Caribbean like resurgence of just like people and content creators just like wanting to be like you have forgotten about us because we're small but we have so much to offer and a lot of things that you like it's because of us So I'm really happy that like you and many people are also a part of that kind of movement and that generation. Yeah. So I actually wanted to ask you about something that you were mentioning before. And in that episode and in a tweet that I saw you (laughs) post and I was like, yes, you don't like straws. (laughs) I hate (laughs) I don't like straws either. And I hate when I'm at a bar or like I I like to go get like boba or something and like they'll give me a straw. So I have like a glass reusable straw that I take with me everywhere. Oh, wow. I know. I'm not on that level there. I'm I'm not that dedicated, but I admire that. Yeah. And I mean, I've learned so much about just like how straws and a lot of these like little plastic things, they're not recyclable. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just trash and it goes into the ocean and it gets like stuck up of like a turtle's nose or something and it like kills them. So I'm very interested in the take of, especially because you had that episode with like Oceania and how to properly protect the environment and like the beauty of Belize and the beauty of the ocean and smelling the air every day like from the sea. So how is that perspective that you feel that Belize has on like environmentalism. All right, so there's a um, there's a big initiative being made by various persons individually as well as in groups. Um, Oceana specifically, they're focused on the actual marine life and how to protect 
you know, or reefs and so on, and not um, necessarily the well. They do actually. I'm. Let me not lie. They they do. Um, they do focus on recyclables and so as well. But certain things like um, so in Belize, and I I would imagine in a lot a lot of other places in the region, there are seasons for when you can hunt certain um, land animals as well as underwater animals. So there's conch season. There's lobster season. There's I believe there's shrimp season as well. And so, you know, these are these are things that are important to us because, like I mentioned, we depend on tourism in for our economy. And, you know, 100 years from now, if, if that makeup changes, then we'd be in a big, we'd be in big trouble in Belize. So there are people who are trying their hardest to, how would you say, to start a culture of, um, of being cognizant like of conservation. So, yeah, of conservation and so on as well. I've taken it upon myself individually to try and take up whatever initiative I can you know, spread that to my friends and people around me or people who I, I might have influence over to say, you know, small things like, you know, you go to a bar and you get a rum and coke and a bartender gives you a straw and say, yo, no straw, leave the straw. So, you know, small things like that, I think is important and it develops a culture, you know, maybe saying that deciding not to use a straw one night won't save you at the entire Caribbean Sea. But what that does is, you know, you, you start little things like that and develops into let's go to this seminar on how we could protect the manatees in Belize. You know, small things develop into a big into a big movement. So that's that's one of one of the most important things for me. I didn't know you had manatees. That's so cool. So- <laughs> yeah, they're they're endangered species. So it's, hopefully, we still have. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that boats crash into them a lot as well, and that's a that's a big reason that they die. And yeah, that's so crazy. I didn't yeah. know you had manatees. Yeah, and you. Uh, Belize, you have that you mentioned before. You have the second biggest barrier reef in the world, and you have the the hole. I don't even know what it's called, but the hole in the water. You know what I mean? What is it called? We 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 decided to become really inventive with the name that we <laughs> give it. We sat long and hard, and you know, created for the hole in the water that is blue, and we call it the blue <laughs> hole. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I got half of it right. Right. <laughs> the big blue hole. Right in Belize. The blue hole. It's in a. It's near an and it's this massive area in the water that's completely different in color from the rest of the water surrounding it and um yeah it's a phenomenon yeah it's so cool picture if you see pictures of it you're gonna be like whoa it's like a perfect <laughs> yeah. circle literally yeah yeah and it's it's massive as well i know there's 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 a blue hole in jamaica i believe or there's a blue lagoon sorry um there there are probably blue lagoons in other parts of the world and blue holes i'm sure but I'm almost sure there's none as big as this. It's, you know, massive. So another thing I wanted to ask, this is something that I don't know about, but why should I drink stag over carob? Oh, um... (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I'm telling you, I'm going in for the deep cuts. Why should I drink? Because I'm drinking beer right now. It's not a stag or a carob. I don't have those beers accessible to me. But I'm wondering why. I'll tell you what, you should drink Belican beer over any other (laughs) beer. Any other beer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, the, the Belican bear is deaf, and that is me, unbiased, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Of course, Belican, the bear of Belize. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is what Twitter gets me. But um, stag, stag and carabao. As far as I know, they're both Trinidadian beers, and um, being casual beer drinker, 
but very opinionated when it comes to alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> casual. Casual rum and cokes and casual beers. I love rum and cokes. Is that like a is that like a a, a Caribbean drink of choice, a rum and coke? I like didn't know that. I just that's what I like to drink a lot of the times. And gin and tonics. Um rum definitely is the you know, not necessarily with Coke, but, you know, rum and um, ginger beer, rum and soda mm-hmm. water, rum and cranberry juice. Th- yeah, that's a, that's a common, that's probably the most sold kind of alcohol at a bar or a party mm-hmm. in Belize yeah, and other parts wow. of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so uh, how long have you been uh, living and going to school in Jamaica? Uh, um, so I started, I came to school here in 2016. So that would be, yeah, finished next year. So it'd be three years living here in Jamaica. And it's been, it's been a fantastic experience. It's Yeah, you got feathers in your face and everything. Yeah. Oh, so you actually was <laughs> going to reserve that for when you bring up, um, shits and giggles because oh i like completely forgot about that wow i don't even know how to run my own show sandra, que hace sandra? <laughs> i'm just so excited to jump into the conversation <laughs> okay we can do it right now i mean this it's a whatever show you know we can do whatever the fuck we want it's my show <laughs> so <laughs> what is your shit and giggle of your week uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i actually don't have any shit um in okay. jamaica we just we just finished carnival season um carnival road march was last sunday and um you know all the parties leading up to that was was amazing and um so that would be the giggle for me that that would be the <laughs> good part of you know what what has been happening to me lately it's um it's it's an amazing experience i i've tried to put in words to people not from the region what carnival is and what a soca party is and it's it's one of the most difficult things i genuinely think it's one of the happiest experiences it's it's bliss it's bliss um yeah so i'm kind of like on a high still almost on a high still from um from carnival and carnival season yeah so does belize have its own we i do, don't we they do, do, we do right? um what the i was going to say um before <laughs> before i brought up shits and giggles was that even though we're very 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 caribbean as you would say um in belize and we speak very caribbean and you know the things that we do is we're still very we're segmented we're you know, all the way on the mainland whereas the islands it's a it's a different experience and i don't think in belize we realize how different it is even though it's so similar it's similar beyond you know beyond what i could describe because mm-hmm. there's so many nuances that have caught my eye that's like you know like we do this exact thing in belize and it you know it's, it's amazing but there are also certain things that that is different coming here was a great experience because you know these are things that i could point out and observe and and it made me really appreciate my culture more as a Belizean. Um, like I mentioned, it made me appreciate the Central American influences in in my in my upbringing, as well as you know the similarities that we have with the with the islands of the Caribbean. So coming here was one of the best decisions I made. I always said because I was very close to going back to the states because I did community college in New Jersey. I was and I was yeah I was very close to going somewhere back in New Jersey. 
No. Then I was like, no, I don't want to go back to the winter. Maybe Florida, try find a school mm. in Florida, or maybe Miami, you know, somewhere with weather that's close to Belize, somewhere that's mm-hmm. in terms of proximity is very close to Belize, somewhere that's diverse, you know, because that, that was one of the things I loved about New York. You know, um, I actually lived in Bergen County, New Jersey, which is like... Right next to New York. Right on the Hudson. So, so you know, one of the things I liked about New York was the diversity. And that's very important for me. So I was like, yeah, maybe Miami. And then I was like, you know what? Me and my bank account said, maybe. <laughs> the reality of American schools is... <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we should stay in the region, Jeeves. Let's... Let's stay in the stay in the region. So, yeah, coming to Jamaica is one of the best experiences I've had. That was beautiful. I wanted to also ask that you. I mean, you've mentioned it uh, a little bit, but and I saw. I remember I saw a meme that you posted about how when other uh, uh, Carib islands forget about Belize and it's like the little boy that's like sad <laughs> in the corner. And, and is that like similar too? I feel like in in like in Latin America, like we forget about Belize, but does the Caribbean also forget about Belize pretty often? I think, you know, it depends on which Belize and you ask. Um, for me, it's it, I feel more connected to our Caribbean side because um, because of my ethnic background, um, because of, yeah. you know, especially coming from Belize City, which is on... The Caribbean, on the Caribbean Sea coast, whereas someone who is from the western side, closer to Guatemala, who may have had parents, both parents come from Guatemala to Belize, they might feel more disconnected, or it might feel more of a um, more of a loss, I guess you could say, for them being segmented away from the rest of Central America, as opposed to being cut off from the rest of the Caribbean. So for me, I mean, I've, I don't know what to say. I feel more a part of the Caribbean than I do Central America just because of language and so so many other things. So I feel like that's where I belong. And so when, when someone who is, who may have had Caribbean parents, but grew up in England say, oh, Belize, you're not really a part of the Caribbean, that breaks my heart. (laughs) No, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. But yeah. It makes me feel away, as opposed to if someone from Nicaragua says, "Oh, well, Belize, you don't even speak Spanish. You're not Central American." It probably wouldn't make me feel anyway. As like, you're right, we don't speak Spanish, so you're just like, not necessarily you, like that. But <laughs> it was like, why don't we get? Why, why don't we continue this volleyball game or whatever sport we're here to play against each other? <laughs> that's usually where where most of our interaction comes as a country i think it's always central american games and sports and then otherwise other than that there's not much there's not much interaction as a you know as a country you would say between belize and the rest of central america so whereas you know compared to to the rest of the caribbean there's so much more you know there's so many more students that go to university in the caribbean there's so much so much more singers and artists from the caribbean who come to perform in belize as 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 opposed to you know hondurans and and guatemalans for example so yeah it definitely hurts more coming from the caribbean than it does central america <laughs> i mean i can say this knowing at least from my own experiences in the United States, 
but also just like understanding like movements and patterns and demographics in Central America. Do you feel like Belize, this might be a loaded question. Do you feel like Belize is uh, pretty segregated in terms of like, I know that it's a small country, so there is like obvious mixture, but also Belize is like one of, is the least populated country in Central America. It's like the, like by population and just by density and that there are, Belize has the least amount of people, but do mm-hmm. you feel like it's segregated? Like you said, like the West is closer to Guatemala, mm-hmm. so there might be more like indigenous or like mestizos. And then probably the side that's closer to like the Yucatan is like obviously more Mexican, more mestizo. Right. And then by Belize City, by the water is probably more Creole. Do you feel like it is kind of segregated in that way? It definitely is. Um, but there's a lot. I mean, even though that's how it naturally happened, it wasn't, it wasn't by government choice. It wasn't by... And I hope I'm not wrong in saying this, but it wasn't by discrimination of a certain group and saying we will banish you to this part of the country. I think it was kind of how um, going back to when the Mayas were the only people on the land. And then, you know, after all, after the Spanish came, the British came and, you know, after all that calamity and all the hurt that Mm -hmm. they caused, we ended up with most of the, the Creoles. Who were beam, who came from Beeman and African slaves that mixed with the yeah. British and the you know the people that already they were there. We ended up with most of that people, that group of people being along the coast because that's the that's how they came in. Um, we ended up with most of the indigenous Mayans being south and to the west, as well as the Yucatec being up north, which is like you mentioned, closer to Mexico. And uh, and then we ended up with the Garinago people being down south, which is closer to Honduras, because that's where they came from when they were exiled from St. Vincent. So it is segregated in that sense. But I don't think, you know, because I could be wrong, but I don't think it was by, you know, by choice of overpowering tyrant who said you know because you're this color because you're from this ethnic group we're going to punish you and put you over there away from everyone else it's just kind of how the geographical makeup happened yeah that's what i would say because i feel like at least you're you're kind of active in central american twitter and like you know you're you're here and there and you pop up and you talk to people you i there are very few people in my opinion that are actually from the country that you know that they're claiming right like i'm not from el salvador like i wasn't born there like i've been there a handful of times and a lot of it is like migrant children you know children of immigrants or people that have immigrated when they were very young but you are like someone that's like yeah i'm Belizean. like i'm i'm like lived Mm -hmm. in belize like that's my home so how do you feel like seeing that our diaspora Mm -hmm. And I guess like us trying to like grasp at the straws of our culture that we're kind of very far away from and interacting with like us as as Americans. Because, you know, you know, Americans, you know, we're just we're like the best people ever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) After living abroad, like I really I really like thought to myself I was like we are really so egotistical and like how we think of ourselves in proximity to other countries and you kind of being in I guess the majority like American space like how do you kind of inter I how have you seen that has have you noticed things that you're kind of like hmm, yeah. that's very American <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah um i will say before before i continue the first thing i want to say is i am very 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 ignorant to the experience that someone like you would have um growing up in a country where i would imagine your the heritage that you came from and the, and the background that your parents or grandparents or great grandparents had is is suppressed in the community that you currently live and I would imagine, you know, someone telling you, even though you were born and raised in that country, someone saying, oh, well, you're not really this. You're not, uh, you know, yeah. let's be honest, you're not like American, American. You know, what does that even mean? So um, I'm very ignorant to that experience. And I would never tell anyone or try to suggest to anyone um, what their identity should be, what their own self-identity is. I do think, you know, in terms of politically, you, you, if you if you were born somewhere and you grew up somewhere and you live in that same place, then you are, that's your nationality. So it, it is, <laughs> it is a bit yeah. amusing sometimes when, um, you know, you meet someone online and, um, you know, they would, <laughs> I don't know, why did you ask me this? <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah there are experiences no, talk about it. i'm very interested there are experiences where you know you 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 stumble upon a, a conversation about something happening in a country and you know you look at the profile of that person and there's um you know there's three flags in the in the profile and then you realize that person is actually not from that country that they're speaking about um and then it's like yeah hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on, hold on. <laughs> Oh. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I, th I just think it's, it's conversations that, you know, that we can continue having, but, um, the important thing is not to separate ourselves from each other and, um, and to still be proud of who we are. You know, I'm, I'm proud to be a Belizean. I've like, you know, like you said, born and raised and everything I am is good and bad because there's, you know, there's a little on both sides is, is is a product, you know, I'm a product of my environment. And, um, you know, I think other people should be as well, as much as you should be proud, not you specifically, but, you know, someone should be proud of being American. You know, you should also acknowledge where, where your family came from, where your roots are and, and, and embrace that as much as you can. The only thing is in terms of accuracy of how you represent, you know, that place. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it could be different for everyone, but you know, these things are arbitrary. And the important thing is that you know we we learn to respect each other and and love and protect and move forward as a people. I I just think it's it's so interesting because like the people who are talking like they're not Honduran people, like they're not Salvadoran people. Like we're not having these conversations, at least in Central American Twitter, yeah, with people from these countries. So I just find it very interesting as you, like someone who, and I think a, a big reason for that is because you're Belizean and you speak English and just like, you're, that's how you're navigating the yeah. world. Like you were you able to find us and be, be an active part of, and like sharing like your, your music and just like what's happening and how you feel about Belize. And I, I, I sometimes wonder, I guess, from that outsider perspective of, of, I guess, like I said, of a diaspora of, kids who who were from a particular place in in culture or in trajectory like i could have been in el salvador if my father had stayed you know kind of thing but you know obviously like politics and and like wars and things like that like cause people to move and migrate so yeah i was just i was just very curious as to 
how you how you feel being being kind of like a part of this community. And you know, it's it's not just something unique to to Central American uh, Twitter or you know, I I stumble upon um, I was on Reddit, you know, and um, I think I was on what's the what's the subreddit called? It's something like shit Americans do or shit Americans say, something like that. And <laughs> and like some of the most um, the most upvoted threads were were stuff about. Um, cultural identity and it was like um screenshots of people saying stuff like um well well seeing as a as i am 12.5 percent german and 25 percent italian and 30 percent nordic then i think i have you know the right to comment on this topic or whatever you know whatever it is so i mean i think it's not my place but just from my perspective i think um that's something that america it's 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 part of the uh, some of the troubles that America has had with, you know, race and and cultural identity and you know immigration and and I think you know when you have people tell like I said when you have people I would imagine people telling you well you're not you're not this you're not one of us then you kind of search and you know you stumble upon you try to grasp but you know where your family came from and and you could get very confused I would I would imagine. Um, I would imagine, see, you know, even for 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 Native Americans, um, which I find as a as a name is very odd, you know, because if you're Native, then you're American. If you're American, then you're Native, right? So why do you need to right? differentiate this group if they were the group, any you know, in the first place? But yeah, that's another thing. So that's just that's just I guess a product of some of the tribulations that that you know, your country has had over the, over its long history. So <laughs> your country. <laughs> oh, it's like, it's so difficult to claim it, you know, At, like when I was living abroad, I, I studied a year abroad in South Korea and it was so, I was genuinely embarrassed to say I was American because it was before the uh, the 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 famous election and everything and it mm. was when everything was kind of about to happen like about the election was still kind of ongoing and i was just so embarrassed because at least in korea specifically there is like a huge american military presence and i i don't know i i guess like i i don't like i never liked saying i was uh american and when people would ask me like oh miguk saramieyo i'd be like ah like which is like are you american or like yeah are you american and i'd be like oh yes like <laughs> i have to like i don't want to lie obviously because i am yeah. like my perspective is from the united states like it's an american perspective like i have more in common with another american than i probably do with um i don't know like a mexican or a salvadorian yeah in terms of just like my day to day life, mm -hmm. so, I yeah, it's it's just hard. It's I and I'm very glad that that you. I mean, the way the the way that we function is just so sinister, and like yeah. the way that everything that we do like affects so many other people because we've inserted ourselves, but also because we just don't like to claim responsibility, like with environmentalism, and in Central America. The fact that the U.S. like doesn't want to cooperate and like acknowledge climate change, like 
I mean, it hurts us, but it hurts places like the Caribbean way more. Central America, like hurricanes yeah. are getting worse and more often and more frequent. And then just the acidity of water and just overfishing and like the fact that we like for like we willingly ignore this because we just want to make as much money as possible is affects everyone else and we just like don't care like at least as like an entity the united states we do not care and it's it's very frustrating as like someone that sees it and then the effects and then we like blame other countries like well why are you migrating here and taking all our jobs when it's like you literally destabilized (laughs) my country like what do you fucking what do you fucking expect you know i i would say this um sorry not to cut you off um but i would say I think it's important for you to to own, you know, what you are because even though, you know, there are many good things and there are many aspects of yourself that is still Salvadorian or Salvadorenia or, you know, what would you say? But, you know, mm-hmm. most of your makeup is <laughs> mm-hmm. probably American and, you know, I enjoy speaking with yeah. you. you. I mean, I think what you do is amazing. So if... You know, if everyone who everyone like you would say, you know what, we are American. We this is who we are. Um, there would probably be more of a recognition of the good people in America, as opposed to mm-hmm. you know, because some yo know, even sometimes I think people like me who aren't American might meet someone like you and say. All right, you're you're American, but you're not American American, you know, because you're different. Why is that? Because you're nice? Is that because <laughs> you're you're not ignorant? Is that because you're culturally aware? I mean, that's that's almost like taking away from the fact that there are Americans who aren't ignorant. There are Americans who are um, who aren't sinister. There are Americans who who are very culturally aware of of the world, and you know, they travel and and you know stuff like that. So I think some of that is kind of missing. And, you know, if more people like yourself and, and other people say, you know, embrace it and say, yeah, I'm American, but I'm also all these other amazing things, then, you know, I guess the, the perception of America could change over time. I know. It's, <laughs> it's going to take a long time. <laughs> it's just, it's so bleak. Like, I just can't. I mean, oh, man. Every day I pray. All, I mean, I, I don't. But we're all I in hope. a different kind of struggle. So yeah, we are. Yeah, God's working on all of us. We're all trying to get to a better yeah, place together. Definitely. Okay. Um, do you have any questions for me or for Sam? Even though Sam's not here, I might be able to answer it before we kind of uh, go and just end um, the episode. I would say. I would want to know what has been the most fulfilling part of starting this podcast for you. Hmm. Well, I have two things. So for me, I initially started this because, and I've said this in various episodes, about how I've had a very turbulent and a very hot and cold kind of relationship with my father and he is he though I mean his family and a lot of things that I grew up with surrounding his family and like himself have been very negative so I 
didn't stop acknowledging my Central Americanness because of like, oh, I hate Central America or anything like that. I always like knew it and understood it and really loved it. But, you know, cutting off an, like an entire section of your family, like that is where you are being molded. That's where you receive your culture from. So and also the fact that my mom is Mexican. So, mm. like I said before, like I didn't get the food. I didn't get that. I feel like from your mother, you really do get a lot of your culture, especially if like your mother is someone that is like, you know, she manages the house and she just cooks all the food and everything. So I grew up distinctly more Mexican and I can like acknowledge that. So a big part of this was for me to understand Central Americanness and to also learn more, learn more about my my father in some type of way, especially now that my relationship with him and a lot of people in his family, I'm connecting with them and sharing a lot more things with them. Also, the with the actual show itself and what it has brought me, it has brought me a lot of enjoyment to start this kind of series mm-hmm. of speaking to people because I'm from Los Angeles and Los Angeles has a very, very strong diverse identity but it still lacks a lot of perspectives like we can't have every single culture be like fully represented obviously so the fact that i'm able to understand central americans living in massachusetts or central americans living in uh michigan like these places are so different like the u.s is so fucking big that even just like Central Americans in the in San Francisco and in Oakland are different from Central Americans living in LA and that's only five hours yeah. away in terms of driving. So trying to also understand that type of diaspora of like how the environment around you really affects the way that you perceive yourself and like meeting new people and genuinely like making new friendships. Like I feel like I'm like kind of your friend now. Yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> I don't maybe I'm maybe I'm overreaching, but uh, I feel like if I want to go to Belize or something, like you could give me all the good food spots. You could, you know, show um, me where to go. I will go, plan your you know? trip for you, and if I am there, yes! you can you can um, trust that I will pick you up from the airport. I could, you know, we, we will take on Belize together. I'm gonna hold you up to this. <laughs> I'll hold you up to this. No, like, absolutely. I'm serious. Yeah, and I just like being able to really establish a more cohesive central americanness and just honestly learn like this has been all of a, a learning experience like sam and i like we're nobody like we really we we just want to like understand the world a little better and understand ourselves a little better so this whole show has just been about learning and that's like what we want to push with this show like we need to learn more about ourselves through other people so that's like what I think, I've loved um, about this show. I think that that has rubbed off on on the production because I feel like I know I've learned a bit about you and um, not just your personality or you and Sam's personality, but also you know your perspective on on the world around you and um, and and on culture, you know, um, as well as the stories of of people that you've interviewed. So I think that. It's amazing that you know this podcast has done so many things for you, but the same, some of the same things and and the rewards that it has given you is also given to your listeners like me. So I think that's amazing. I should kind of 
pat yourself on the back. I will, I will. And before, you know, before we close out, I want to, first of all, I want to thank the Academy. I want to thank. <laughs> yes. But in all seriousness, um, I want to mention uh, Khalil Jacobs Fantausi and Eli Jacobs Fantausi, who are photographers and filmmakers from Berkeley, California. Big up Berkeley. Um, yeah, dude, I'm like right here. Oh, really? What's up? I'm in Oakland, oh, okay, which is okay, like right next to Berkeley. She said, What's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, What's up? <laughs> yeah, so they, they were actually kind of the. Um, I think they planted the seed um, in my brain that that kind of pushed me to go into filmmaking. Um, they came to Belize a few years ago and did a summer workshop that I took part in, and um, I think that was that was the beginning of a journey in film for me. So I definitely want to give a shout out to Eli and Khalil. Um, I don't know if they're in Berkeley at the moment, but yeah, big up Berkeley, big up the <laughs> Bay, and um, and and big up the culture yeah. that you know that has produced these guys and these people like yourself from that area. So yeah, all around big ups. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, if you ever want to come to California, like I'll pick you up from the airport. We can <laughs> we can sit in traffic. Um, <laughs> We can get some really good food in LA. There's there's some. I don't. I mean, I don't want to say that it's like like the best Belizean food, but there's really good Belizean food in LA too. And mm-hmm. there's, there's also all this other type of food too. So if you're ever in, I know LA a lot better than I know the Bay Area because it's like where I was like born and raised. But and I'm gonna okay. be going back to LA pretty soon. But so if you're ever in LA or if you want to visit. You know, it's not tropical heat, but it's still, it's like dry heat. It's desert heat. So it's like, it'll be like kind of similar, you know? <laughs> I'll hold you to that. The same way you hold me to my Belize promise. Yeah. No, I will. Like, I'll I'll do it. Like, I'll be there. So, no, no, I keep my promises. So, thank you so much. Like, this is so good. I don't even want to do a little bendicion because I feel like we just like had such great energy. That I don't even need to be like bless the world or whatever. We already <laughs> blessed it. Just thank you so much. Like really, like this this really like made my week. This was my my giggle. My shit. I don't even know. I don't really know what. I just I work a nine to five job. That's like my shit. So <laughs> I I just want to thank you, uh, Jeeves. Thank you so much. What's your full name, Rajiv? My full yeah. Pollard? My full name is Rajiv Pollard. Um, R-A-J-E-E-V-P-O-L-L-A-R-D in case you ever want to, you know, look me up to give me some credit on some work <laughs> on a film yes, set somewhere around definitely. the world. Um, but yeah, so um, you could find me on Twitter, my newly activated Twitter. I'm new to Twitter. Um, but Jeeves from Belize, J-E-E-V-S-F-R-O-M-B-E-L-I-Z-E. Um, it's the same thing on Instagram, Jeeves from Belize um same thing on facebook as well and my youtube page is jeeves j-e-e-v-s and you know last i want to thank you for the opportunity um to be here and to talk about my story and some of the other people's story that i've that i want to tell and um and yeah i don't want to i don't want it done but (laughs) but yeah yeah it has to end yeah Mm -hmm. 
Sorry. We can be best friends on the internet uh, now. Though. What's up? We can, we can, we can. <laughs> All right. You can teach me uh, Valesian Creole. Was it? They also have these things. What is it called? Kitchen Spanish? You can teach me that too. Do you know that? Uh, <laughs> is that real? Is, is, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's something to be taught. <laughs> is that bad? I don't even know what it is. That's why I want to know because it sounded so interesting. You said kitchen Spanish, right? Kitchen Spanish. Yeah, I was like, when I was yeah, on the Belize Wikipedia page, I learned that. It's, it's <laughs> really just the, the word given to the kind of Spanish that is spoken that um, that mestizo people in Belize speak, seeing as we're not a Spanish-fluent country. Um... So you'll hear things like, for example, um, someone would say, uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> Give me an example. I'm about, to, I, I'm, I'm about to do an impression right now. So, um, go for it. Yes, yeah, so someone says a, a girl would say like, "Yes, girl, you're you a noche in el club with a next girl, you know, bailando and something, something, girl." Like, yeah, so that was, <laughs> that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it sounds exactly the same. <laughs> that that it's it's if as accurate as it is that's how terrible it is <laughs> but, mm-hmm. i mean it's probably the equivalent to like la like spanglish where like we we don't speak Sp- i mean i like speak spanish but like am i gonna say i'm the best spanish i throw in a couple of english in there so it's probably the same thing where it's like we don't know it fully, but we'll still make the effort. Yeah, you know? and, and I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it has its influence on the non-Spanish speakers as well. Because, yeah, because, I mean, you grew up in Belize and, for example, you, you go to a food vendor who who is from El Salvador and you'd say, like, you know, you're ordering your pupusas and she say, you want picante? I you answer and you, that's like just that's normal, you know. But you know, for other places, for example, while I'm here, you say like people wouldn't know if you say picante or you want, you know, stuff like that. It would just be like, oh wow, you speak Spanish, like yeah, that's but that's regular, that's like normal things. That, so you know, it's it's all these cultures that have made up Belizeans to be who we are today, and it's it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it sounds amazing. I, it really does. Thank you. I hope Thank you have a you. good day. I hope you have a good week. I'm, I hope you stay on your um, carnival high, your soca high. So, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I hope everyone has a really good week. And goodbye. All right, bye-bye.